morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time that you're listening. We are glad that you're choosing to listen to the Leading and Legacy podcast from Concordia St. Paul. This is episode seven, and today is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. I'm your host, Billy Schultz. I want to start today's episode in the spirit of Thanksgiving by thanking you, our listeners. It's been fun to share stories and resources with you, and we look forward to so much more in 2020. And without listeners, uh, it's, it's really pointless to talk into a microphone, so thank you for listening. In January, we're launching a new project for this podcast that's going to consist of some short series about topics relevant to your overall health and well-being. We hope that this equips you for the decade to come and beyond. The series is called Enlightened Care from Concordia's Mission Statement, and we hope that Enlightened Care benefits the whole person as we talk about topics such as career, physical health, spirituality, mental health, and much more. We'll also continue interviewing our alumni and hearing about how Concordia has blessed their lives and careers. Our first of the Enlightened Care series is on your career. You may know that right before Thanksgiving, we sent out a survey for you, our alumni, to tell us what career-related topics mean the most to you. The responses, to say the least, have been overwhelming, so thank you to all who responded. If you haven't yet responded to that survey, you can still do so until Sunday, December 8th. Once the survey finishes, we are going to announce the winner of our water bottle giveaway and then look at the topics that receive the most votes. Uh, from there, we'll identify uh, the topics that we're going to cover in the episodes and the subject matter experts, whether they're our on-campus resources or alumni, uh, to speak to those topics. So be on the lookout for those episodes to be released in early 2020. In other university news, our volleyball team continues its push for another national title as they head to Kearney, Nebraska to face Washburn University in the regional tournament. The game is on Thursday at noon and it will be live streamed. Um, you can visit cspbears.com to learn more and to stream the game. This weekend is also our Fine and Performing Arts Christmas concert titled Worship Christ the Newborn King. Uh, if you come to that, we'd love to have you uh, see our vocal and musical ensembles as they perform selections uh, at the beginning of this season of Advent. You can still purchase tickets online at ticketworks.com. If you're in the Twin Cities or if you've been seeing our Facebook page, you've uh, seen that we've been in the news recently. Uh, our local NBC affiliate, Care 11, did a two-part special on cybersecurity in partnership with CSP and some local cybersecurity firms. It was a great opportunity to learn more about cybersecurity and um, all the ways in which uh, people with malicious intent try to get your data. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to do so. Um, you can visit our Facebook page to, to see that or uh, care11.com slash hacking. In addition, our local CBS affiliate WCCO did a story on our collegiate esports program, which is in its first season. You'll hear from our head coach, Logan Hermes, as well as a few of our student athletes. Again, you can see that on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Concordia St. Paul alumni. Now, today's episode of Leading Legacy, we have our second part of our series on financial planning for young adults. As you'll recall, our first episode in the series a few weeks ago, we spoke with alumna Terry Faris, who's a financial planner, about what financial planners do and some basic steps you can take in planning your financial future. Today, we do a deeper dive with Professor Teray Johnson. He's a new faculty member who teaches in CSP's College of Business and Technology. 
He joined me to um, talk about some more specific uh, apps and strategies and um, savings and other methods you can use to prepare for your short and long-term financial health and future. As we talk about various options for planning your financial future, um, even though this is a deeper dive, it's not an exhaustive uh, list of things and considerations, and uh, nor should it be taken as uh, official advice. Um, it's really important that that if you are uh, thinking about these things, that you find a financial planner, find someone who um, is experienced and um, has an idea and understands you and your goals, your priorities, your values, so that they can provide that best possible advice for you as you set your goals and prepare for your future. So now my interview with Professor Teray Johnson. Well, like you said, I recently joined CSP here in August, so this is my first semester. Uh, having a blast so far. Awesome. Um, prior to that, I was uh, in the Minnesota State System, uh, as well as at St. Mary's University in the finance department there, finance and accounting department, I should say. Uh, prior to that, I have a lot of industry experience, actually 15 years in the industry experience in the corporate finance world, as well as I actually got into financial planning uh, back when I started my career through bankruptcy counseling services, mm. debt counseling services, and that which led me to actual assisting with financial planning. Which is awesome that you have all this kind of real world experience that you can bring into the classroom and then here uh, in this venue to, to share with, with your students and with, with our listeners. So that's great. Yeah, it was definitely interesting because I kind of started out with the horror stories, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know people <laughs> are filing for bankruptcy. So I got the firsthand accounts of what not to do. And that kind of put me, kind of incentivized me to be on the proper path for financial budgeting. So, Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with a little bit of conversation about budgeting. Um, would you like to share, you know, maybe some of the tools that are out there to help people maybe build a budget for the first time or maybe, you know, redo their budget? Uh, what's out there for folks? So absolutely. I think the first budget, uh, well, the first app that I really like to use is Mint. And it, Mint actually syncs to your bank account and it tracks your spending. So it actually creates the budget for you based on your spending habits. Uh, another one is Every Dollar, and it pretty much does the same application, same thing. It tracks your spending habits based on your use of your debit card. You can tie it to your credit card or whatever application that you actually spend. And it'll create a budget for you based on the categories of necessity or lifestyle or your opportunity for savings. Yeah, so it's it's kind of nice then you can track, you start with kind of a baseline of, okay, what do I spend on groceries? What do I spend on entertainment? What do I spend on gas? Yeah, it gives um, you a baseline and it's a great place to start and you can make those adjustments as you see fit. Oh, well, I see I'm overspending on groceries. I didn't even realize this is how much I was spending. And so, yeah, it's a great baseline to start with. Yeah, so it gives you, it gives you tools, um, and it's right on your smartphone, really easy to work with. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, antiquated setup with maybe an Excel spreadsheet, uh, which obviously can be helpful, but... Um, a little bit more tedious. Sometimes. A little bit more tedious, for sure, yeah. Uh, so what are some easy ways uh, for folks to maybe start building a budget? Where, where's the, you know, once you get that baseline of, of what you're spending, where, where do you go from there? 
I think first and foremost, it's kind of all about your mindset. We get in the framework of, oh, no, it's a budget. But I think it's more like a lifestyle, right? Making a determination that this is how I'm going to live. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, making those trade-offs. Am I going to have fun now or am I going to be happy later? Um, so it's you have to start with the mindset first. Once you start with the mindset, it's really fairly simple formula, right? I hate to kind of equate it to math, but it's fairly <laughs> simple, right? Income minus expenses. At that point, what do you have left over? And you can include anything kind of like when I say lifestyle, I really don't mean you have to sacrifice the things that you like. You don't have to sacrifice the things that you love. It's totally okay to treat yourself. You can save for that vacation, right? You can put all those things together in your budget to kind of, you're not sacrificing your lifestyle or the things you want to do, but at the same time, you're doing it responsibly and you're taking care of things so you don't have to finance that trip with a credit card or you have to put yourself in debt to enjoy the things that you like to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like it's a, it's a values-based sort of thing. What, what do you value? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why it's, you always start with your goals. What are your financial goals? You break those down into short, medium, and long-term goals, right? Um, again, fairly simple. Hey, my short-term goal is to move out of my parents' house, right? My medium-term goal is to buy that new car. My long-term goal is to retire by 45, okay? Those are all very different goals, so they're going to all entail very different strategies. But the idea is that once you write it down, put it on paper, now you can begin to visualize what that looks like. And that budget makes all the more sense. Mm -hmm. And then as you use those apps to track what you're spending, mm -hmm. it helps keep you accountable to what you've set up as your goals. That, and it makes it easier then to, to reach you know, those, that first milestone with that short-term goal and then you know, keep working toward the medium term and, and keep on the path for your long-term goals. So that's really, it's really helpful to do that. The biggest thing is to understand what you're working for, right? You, know, you see that light at the end of the tunnel, you know what you're working for. You check that new car off your list, that new apartment off that list, that new house off that list. Then you start to see the fruits of your labor, and it makes budgeting that much more easier. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. So let's get into the world of, uh, of savings. Um, it's something that's kind of a hot topic for people of any age, but, but okay. especially when you're younger, uh, to, to start thinking about what you're doing to set yourself up to meet those goals. So, you know, obviously if you don't have money saved, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to retire at 45. Correct. Um, that's just not going to work. But if you're starting to save while you're young and starting to build those resources while you're young, reaching those goals is infinitely more attainable. Um, so let's start with kind of the personal side, you know, saving for, for you know emergencies and for for that new car for the house and, and all those um, kind of more immediate things maybe that people are thinking about. Um, what are some good ways to start? What are some options that are out there uh, to get get that ball rolling? I think some of the best ways to actually save is to do it without noticing it. So you can have that come directly out of your paycheck whether you set that up for a separate savings account, separate checking account, 
Uh, you can use apps like Acorn where it takes mm, your yeah. additional funds and puts it aside to a savings. Uh, you can use apps like Robinhood, which kind of, again, take those additional funds. So you spend $1.95 at the store. It takes the additional $0.05 cents and invests it for you. Nice. So those types of savings where you really don't notice it, uh, if you set up to have maybe 5% removed out of your paycheck at a time or 10% directly deposited into your account, into your savings account before you even notice it. That's the biggest factor. And then it's important to start early. Like you said, when you're starting in your 20s, you get the power of compounding interest on your side, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to find the savings account with the best rates. So you can view uh, websites like bankrate.com. You can typically... Online internet accounts have higher savings rates than maybe your typical commercial bank, mm -hmm. but you could research those as well. Find you a nice interest rate on a savings account and set up so it directly deposits into that account. You don't ever have to look at it. You won't ever miss it because you won't have ever seen it in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have uh, any thoughts or opinions on things, um, maybe like a money market account versus a you know traditional savings account and like where are some advantages of that, uh, maybe disadvantages uh, for people to consider? Well, I, I like to categorize it again based on your goals and strategies. So anything that you want to accomplish in the next 30 days, um, money market account, uh, CD, certificate of deposit, or a personal savings account will all be great for those. Again, uh, that's really just a matter of comparing interest rates to see which will provide you the best return. Um, it's all going to be different based on what you can find, and it's really about preference. I like to say longer term, we look more toward the stock market, mm -hmm. things like that, just because... Over a longer period of time, you're more likely to make more money. You get get a greater return. So if you think about it, on average, over a 20 year period, stock return stock ret usually returns about 10. percent mm -hmm. So, so for longer term, you look for stocks. For shorter terms, money market CDs, savings accounts. And at that point, it's really just about individual risk and individual preferences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you want to have available maybe mm -hmm. um, instantaneously versus maybe less liquid yes. um, in, in those, those areas. Very good. Um, so let's get into the, the whole area of retirement. Uh, it's <laughs> okay. hard to think about uh, for us younger people because it's just so far away. Um, it feels like it's an eternity, but yet um, starting to do things toward that end now are really helpful. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of those retirement options. Um, a lot of times when you start a job, you get your benefits package and, you know, your employer offers one of a few different vehicles for retirement savings. Um, and sometimes they offer matches uh, toward those accounts. Um, could you describe a little bit how that works? Um, you know, for, for the people who might have, you know, seen what their employer offers and they're just kind of like, what does this actually mean? So what does it mean, you know, your employer matches, let's say, 5% of, of what you put into um, a 403B, let's say. Okay. What does that mean? Okay, so a 403B is a retirement account. It's typically offered by nonprofit entities and educational entities. 
Okay. So it's a retirement account. And generally to say, okay, your employer is willing to match 5%. So they're willing to pay you a free 5% based on your annual salary. So an additional 5% they're willing to place into this retirement account for your benefit. Meaning as long as you place 5% of your salary into this account, your employer will play an additional 5% of salary. So that's essentially free money. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to take advantage of that. Okay, so you're limited to the amount of investments that you can actually attain. So typically these are going to be low to medium risk investments. They're not going to be any high risk investments or anything like that. Uh, But at the same time, you can make contributions up to $19,000 a year annually. Okay. So again, at the point where your investor is willing to match, that is essentially free money that you definitely want to take advantage of. Now, is, is the plan perfect? Not by any means. Okay. So you do get the benefit of paying before your taxes are taken out of your check. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so a huge this, benefit. <laughs> absolutely. So this is deferred at a tax free, basically tax free. You don't pay taxes until you actually withdraw. Now the downside of that is you can't withdraw until about 70 years old. Okay. There's a penalty for re- withdrawing prior to that. At 70 years old, you are actually required to take your deductions. Well, 70 and a half. You're actually required to take your deductions at that point in time. So even if you're still working, you're required to take some of that um, savings that you've accumulated over the, over, over your working life there. Yeah, so that's really helpful to, to hear about uh, four through Bs. Now, um, another uh, common one people talk about is, is the IRA, and there's a few different types. You have your uh, traditional and your Roth. Uh, would you like to talk about uh, both of those and, and what the differences are and may- maybe where those differ from, from the 403B? Absolutely. So your traditional IRA, uh, again, this is an individual retirement account. And this you can actually do this with pre-tax dollars as well. Now, your limit's a little bit different. You can only contribute up to $6,000 uh, for the year in 2019. It's estimated to maybe go up a little bit in 2020. But as of right now, it's $6,000 a year that you can contribute. Um, so, again, this is prior to taxes. So, you... Secondly, the biggest is you actually can take this as a tax deduction on your annual Mm. taxes. So you can use that as a benefit to defer taxes as well. Another big benefit to the traditional IRA is that you can actually make investments up until April 15th of the next year. Mm. So that gives you time to um, maybe you... See, you're going to be paying a little more in taxes than you would like to this year. You can actually make a last minute contribution (laughs) to your IRA account to reduce that tax liability. So that's that's definitely a huge benefit as well. But again, the biggest drawback is just a limited amount of contribution. Mm -hmm. So you're limited to six thousand dollars at that point. And obviously, the lower the contribution, the lower the growth over time. Now the Roth IRA is a little bit different. It is also a it is also an individual retirement account, but at this point you're actually using tax dollars to fund it. So you're using your income after taxes to fund this account. 
Again, this one maxes out at six $6,000 annually as well. Okay. And you have to have income restrictions. So if you're a single person, you have to make under $135,000 mm-hmm. annually to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA. Okay. So there are income restrictions with regards to a Roth. There, again, your money actually grows tax-free. When you withdraw it, it's tax-free. You've already paid on the contributions. Now, any growth or gains, you're going to pay taxes mm-hmm. on those. But your contributions, you've already paid taxes on. So the thing about it is you can actually withdraw those contributions earlier, okay? And you don't have as much of a paperwork or process to get those gather those contributions. And there's no penalty for mm-hmm. it because you've already paid the taxes on those. So... Very cool. And then uh, the 401k, can you explain how those work and and what those uh, do for people? So a 401k, again, is an employer-sponsored plan. Okay, so that means it's going to be typically offered through your employer. And it works just quite the same way as a 403b, meaning that you can contribute up to $19,000 annually uh, for 2019. It's typically some type of matching point provided by your employer. So you definitely want to take advantage of that because, again, it is essentially free money. Uh, You can manage your own investments with regards Mm. to a 401k. Uh, What I personally like to do is I'm personally a fan of the Vanguard fund. Mm. So I choose my retirement date, say, okay, I plan on retiring in 2045. And I can tie my 401k to that fund and watch it grow. Typically, over the lifespan, it's increased by about 10%. Nice. So it's a very valuable, valuable uh, set of information there to, to really think about, you know, depending on what your employer offers and what you want to do personally, how you can best leverage your your finances for that future. You can really plan ahead for whether it's, you know, 20 years away or 40 years away, maybe. Absolutely. And I think the best part about it is that 401k allows you to kind of take control of it. So you don't have to passively watch by as uh, some pension plans or some things like that where they have a manager and you're just kind of at the whim of that manager. You can actually learn about it and control your own investments and make decisions that are in your best interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have any, you know, kind of just broad advice for people who are thinking about planning their finances, um, things that, that should be considered, uh, things that maybe uh, you have, we haven't covered yet? Okay. Um, so for me, it always comes back to strategy and goals. What are your goals? Uh, you always want to have that emergency fund. You would like to say, okay, three, two, six months worth of emergency funds just because we know things happen unexpectedly, cars break down, medical emergencies happen, Mm -hmm. things like that. And to be able to secure those types of things without going into debt is huge. Building up your credit is another big point, whether that's paying your cell phone bill on time Mm -hmm. or opening up that savings account so you can A, establish credit and B, build it up. Because... Or not all credit is bad, right? We want to be able to finance that house, finance that car when we need to, and we want the best possible interest rates when we go to do that. So 
those are the biggest things, just being responsible for your credit, taking ownership of it, trying to avoid credit cards mm-hmm. <laughs> at all costs, right? Because yes. they can be timely and they can they can definitely be timely. And to be able to put things on credit cards sometimes, while it seems like a blessing in the beginning, they always come back to bite you with those payments. And if you can't pay it off in its entirety, it it adds up and adds up quickly. And when I was doing bankruptcy counseling, those were kind of the biggest reasons for bankruptcy, just not being able to manage those credit cards. And then the last thing is stay on top of your student loans. Mm -hmm. Um, They're always willing to work with you. They don't really want to see anyone default on a student loan. But if someone actually defaults on a student loan, it can be pretty catastrophic to your credit rating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, thank you so much for for this deep dive here. It's really good just to get into some of the the nitty-gritty about, you know, how much... Uh, you know, these different uh, strategies can benefit you. Um, maybe, you know, how to weigh some of the options. Uh, it's, it's really important. Uh, it does affect the future. Um, and it's good to be a good steward of your finances. So thanks so much for, for your, your advice and insight in those areas today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And I'm just always about the mindset that your financial success can lead to your individual happiness. That's what it's all about.